asking for help was my ultimate turning point when I no longer was relying on my own strength to figure shit out. I knew that I didn't have the answers, that I didn't know the way, and that I had to fully surrender. Welcome to The Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As a leading manifestation advisor with a process that's, well, radically different from the old New Age model, mine is rooted in psychology, neuroscience, and my energetic gifts. I created this podcast to help you expand your subconscious limiting beliefs about the potential of deserving the manifestations you are calling in. Therefore, you're tuning into this podcast series to show your subconscious that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, you've already started the process of manifesting it. Welcome to September. I hope everybody's having a great kickoff to that transitional time as we prepare to swing into fall. For some of us, it's still so hot. Speaking for myself, in Los Angeles, we have Indian summer, and of course, it's been really hard in California in general with fire season. But uh, when I was on the East Coast, I was starting to get the hints of fall, and it was very inspiring. So I'm excited. I'm really, really excited for the equinox, which really marks that special time where, you know, it starts to get darker earlier. And I don't know about you, but myself, I start to really move into the momentum of revisiting the work deeply. Um, Right now, I'm currently redoing Reparent with some very specific things going on that I need to look at that have highlighted. And after that, I'll be going through the rut. So this is the time that I really kick into that inward gear, doing the work, renewing my practice, especially as we start to look at the holidays. So excited for everybody to come on that journey with us. We'll be talking about it throughout the next couple of months. So our guest today, Melissa Woodhealth, many of you are probably quite familiar with her. And if you weren't before, I'm sure you became familiar with her during quarantine as she really, really has been the shining light for many of us to do virtual workouts at home. (laughs) It was actually funny when quarantine kicked off, the team and I put together this challenge of doing Melissa Wood Health daily. And we had this little Excel sheet that someone put together on the team or we'd have to mark off the day. Everybody was really, really diligent about doing the workouts. And of course, I started to see results right away because Being on the BEAM protocol, I haven't done any workouts. I think it had been about 10 months. And so what I love about Melissa, as you'll hear me say this a few times, is that it's this beautiful mixture of Pilates, mindfulness, stretching, and just working really fine muscles. So Melissa is the founder of Melissa Wood Health and the creator of the MWH Method. She's a meditator and certified in yoga and Pilates. And she's also just a kick-ass businesswoman. She's one of those really bright lights when you follow her on Instagram that her smile is so contagious. 
she has to be a generator <laughs> because anytime I'm tuning into her on Instagram, she just has endless energy for herself, her kids. She's plant-based or mostly plant-based and just incredibly inspiring and happy. And she's someone who comes from a very similar background to me. And she's really done the work in her life to get to where she is now, truly manifesting everything she's ever wanted. So if you haven't checked out her workouts, it's Melissa Wood Health. If you're not familiar with her, you certainly will be after this episode. And yeah, you're going to tune into her workouts right away if you are a person who loves low-impact workouts with results as much as I do that you can do from the comfort of your own home. Let's get into today's episode. Well, a good starting point where we kick off with everybody is give us your cultural upbringing and background, where you come from, what your family dynamic was like. So I grew up in upstate New York in Syracuse. I am one of five girls. I'm the middle child of five girls, and I have a younger brother. I know a lot of women, um, my mom and my dad had the five girls, and then my father remarried and had my brother. So there was a lot going on at all times in my house. And, you know, my, my parents divorced when I was really young. So I never really had like an essence of a family foundation. You know, my mom worked three jobs, was trying to do everything that she could to make ends meet. We saw my dad on the weekends. And when I think back, to my childhood and my upbringing it makes me look really anxious but not to the sense where I like resort to old ways of of kind of being and living but it's I I didn't have many happy memories and it sounds so awful like to say that about your childhood and I always really like to stress that I'm not mad at my mom or my dad like they did the best that they could but it was it was a lot going on to always make ends meet and it wasn't easy. And I stepped in as a mini mom as a young, at a really young age. I've always kind of really acted as the leader of the pack. And I did that because I always, you know, my mom was really anxious and always seemed upset. So I just wanted to do anything to make her feel happy and just not stressed out and that like things were taken care of, which is a lot for a young girl to take on. I totally hear you. We have very similar uh, backgrounds. When your parents modeled what worthiness meant, unspoken or spoken, what did that look like? What was the essence of you're worthy if? Oh, I mean, for my mother, it was like, if you had a man in your life, it was definitely attached to having a male figure prominent in your life. And, you know, my mom was really obsessed with people who had children of the same sex I think obviously because she had five daughters and they really tried for a boy not saying like everyone who had you know my sister has three boys it's not that everyone's trying for the opposite sex but my mom really was my mom and my dad and I think it like she never felt that was good enough you know and my mom had several relationships, really rocky relationships with men. And and I feel like if she wasn't with a man, she wasn't happy. And it was just kind of this like roller coaster. I recognized that really young. Like I noticed she was so different when 
there was a man in her life to the times that there there wasn't, you know? And like, that was definitely something I picked up because I literally have been in relationships from the earliest age that you possibly could. And I was like from relationship to relationship. And, you know, I definitely carried some of that with me, but I think it's the recognizing part where I'm like, okay, I see that I'm feeling super codependent of these men in my life. And being able to like take a step back and really recognize that. And that's huge. Do you know, I mean, you know your sun sign. I know your astrology sun sign, but do you know your moon and your rising? You know what? I don't. And I really am so interested in learning more about this. And my mom is like kind of unsure about my birth time. My dad wasn't there. And I think it was like the late afternoon. It was like two or three it's around that time. So that's kind of like stood in my way from me moving forward. But I really want to know this. You need to know what's your your sun sign, your your like prominent from your birthday? Sagittarius. Ah, that's great. What about your husband? He is a Leo all the way. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. Yeah. That's excellent. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And when we were doing our research, you've been so open in podcasts about like your rock bottoms and kind of where you were at before, for lack of a better word, like I can identify you got your shit together and started to step into your worth. Can you paint us a picture of what that time looked like? Yeah, I moved to New York really on a whim. I like got a job offer and I was like, you know what? I'm taking it. I had a serious boyfriend back home and I just went home and I was like, I'm moving to New York. And he was kind of like, what? I, we had been dating for four years. We lived together and there was like no we in there. It was like, I'm doing this. This was kind of like, it was my time, you know, like I had to take this opportunity and like discover who I was. So I moved here and I think really coming to New York will reveal a lot of things to yourself. I mean, it's a very challenging city to live in. And my first year here was like, I was afraid of myself. It was the first time I was really alone with myself and my thoughts. And I had a lot of dark thoughts. I had a horrible relationship to self. I didn't love myself. I wasn't kind to myself. I spoke and thought negative words towards myself. Like it was, it was just kind of what I carried throughout my childhood. And then I think being here and you're around so many different people, there's so many confident people in New York. And it, it's like, I saw myself in such a different light and being interested in the modeling industry and going around and meeting with agents and, and really being told time and time again that I was too short, I was too big, I needed to lose weight. It was like, once again, it was just the repetition of hearing and loud and clear that like, I wasn't enough. I wasn't enough. I, I needed to become enough. And how do I become enough? Well, duh, I lose weight. I get skinnier. And it was like, that was my connection to like, this is how I'm going to make it in New York. You know, it was never connected to that healthy mental state because I didn't know what that was. I didn't grow up with that. You know, my mom had uh, many occasions in my life where she had breakdowns and it was like, I, I just, I, I didn't have a great connection to that. And it, it just got to the point where it was like the anxiety and the not feeling enough was so loud. I found some tools that worked momentarily. And unfortunately they were negative and they weren't uplifting or serving me, but it's like, it gave me that relief, that sense of relief. So 
you know, going and like binge eating and filling myself up and then getting rid of it is what made me feel oddly like at peace in, in the moment. And then of course it's, you know, it spirals into this entire notion of hating yourself after and being, you know, shaming yourself. And I lived in that state for many years, but I also, it's like, you know, to take it back, it's like, I really lived in that mentality my whole life. I wasn't taught to really think differently. And I was now being faced with all these things I wanted to do, but I I was told I wasn't good enough. So I was a disaster. I was a mess. I would like go out on the weekends and get trashed and like, get into a fight with like a homeless man. Like I would like start fights. I, I was really angry. I was really angry. And it's funny because I recently stopped drinking and it's, it's not like I was like, I have a bad relationship to alcohol. It's just, I felt really called and was hearing the voice loud and clear to try life without it. And I've never felt better. And it's like, you know, I had a really bad relationship to alcohol at that time. It was not cute. And it was, I was dependent on it because it's the same thing when, when you're in that eating disorder cycle where it's like, it feels so good in that moment, but then after it's a mess and you don't even know where to pick yourself up. You don't even know where to begin. And I think that's, that was the cycle for me. It was like, my highs were extremely high and my lows were extremely low. It was like hitting the point where I literally hated myself. I was like, I hate you. I can't live this way. You're disgusting. You're gross. I can't live this way. So it's either like you keep going and you just crash and burn or you find another way. Like there has to be another way. There has to be like, there has to be like, people talk about this happiness thing and let's try, let's see if it's real, if it's just a real thing. So asking for help was my ultimate turning point when I no longer was relying on my own strength to figure shit out. I knew that I didn't have the answers, that I didn't know the way, and that I had to fully surrender. Because I also, you know, I grew up handling shit. It was like, I got this, I got this. Oh, you need lunch money? Like here, I'll work. I started working really young. I'd give my sister money for lunch, for supplies. Like I've always been that way. Like whenever you need it, I figure it out. But there was no figuring anything out at this point. And I think when I stopped trying to figure my life out is when my life changed. We're so similar. And I, I get downloads where, yes, it's a breaking point, but also it's, there's like a divinity that's talking to me. That's like, try this, you know, and I call them pings. I'm like, maybe reach out here for help. How do yours come through that intuitive communication? How did you navigate? What were your first steps of seeking help tools, getting yourself out of that place for the listener that identifies right now? Yeah, for me, like I really felt that I needed therapy. I needed to sit with someone to understand why I was doing all of these things to myself, to better understand myself and to really talk about things that I had pushed under for years that were now coming up in all sorts of different ways. So finding a good therapist was like step number one for me. And through the therapy, which was tremendous. It was traditional therapy. I now am in cognitive behavioral therapy, which I really love. But at that time, it was like, you know, I didn't know the difference. I didn't know there was different types of therapists, but my therapist was wonderful and and helping me really understand where this was all coming from. And like the wounds that I was trying to patch up for the years of just trauma. And 
I also was really tapping into um, my meditation practice and through that stillness and like that uncomfortable place of like really just giving yourself that space. I started working with a health coach and I worked with a business life coach. And like, I know these things, these things cost money. It's not like you, you can just up and like everyone can go get these, build a team. But you know, I've been saving my money working three jobs everywhere that I possibly lived. And I had the means and I wasn't dating anyone like no one paid for this at the time. I had the means to take care of myself. So I finally started doing it and building a team like an internal team to help me with my mental health because it was not good. It was not good. And I will say of all of the things like, yes, having a therapist and a health coach was tremendous, but I had all of the answers within like sitting and digging deep and just being with myself and like connecting to my breath, bringing in mantras, trying everything, sound baths. I had the most profound awakenings in my life through this practice and I continue to. And that is, that's why I'm so passionate about this work and about finding the practice that works for you, but committing to it. <laughs> Don't just like do it for 30 days. It's like, no really trying these things on and showing up for it every single day. Because I think that is where you experience lasting shifts. And I know that I, you get this. Totally. I agree a thousand, thousand percent. It really is about the consistency. It is. And I love, you know, that you said that with the answers within, I've, I've also experienced traditional talk therapy, different forms of therapy, all of the spiritual things. And at the end of the day, the biggest revelations for me come within. And I love that. And that's so accessible for anybody, though they may need these other tools to upheave or shake up or have language around things. But it truly is. I always get the downloads within. Oh my God, me too. When I was working as a health coach and you know, as a health coach, it was like, I almost became a mini therapist. I am not a therapist. I definitely will not take that credit. But a lot of the sessions, people would come to me and they're like, give me a diet plan. Like, that's why I'm here to see you. I need you to tell me everything to eat, what time to eat it, like how much to eat. And then the more that we got to work, it was like, none of these internal struggles had anything to do with what you're putting in your mouth. Nothing. That was just, your tool in stuffing yourself to shove everything down, you know, the more we dug deep and we sat and we, we started our sessions with meditations. And then I would gently, I would, I would gently, let's just say, um, recommend that they continued meditating on their own. And it was like, that was when the most profound things came to the surface where it was like, Oh my God, it's not about the food. There's usually something else eating you, you know, like, what is it? or protecting yourself. That's why you're hiding behind the food. I mean, there's so many layers to that. I think I remember seeing over the holidays around that time, you were sharing, you were like, I, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I'm going to butcher this, but I made a list, you know, and on one side, I put what I love doing, I think, versus what you were doing. Can you explain that process a little bit? Because it's so tangible and so helpful for anybody sitting there looking for clarity of their life purpose. 
Yes, of course. I love, like, these are my favorite things to share because it's like takeaways that you can actually apply to your life right now. It doesn't, it's not going to cost you money, you know, and, and there's so many things that are fingertips, but we have to show up for it. Right. We have to like really try these things on. And I was on this beautiful trip. Like I'm not a name dropper, but if I could name drop some names, you'd be like, why weren't you happy? (laughs) So I'm on this like beautiful trip with these beautiful people. And just like, and I was so unhappy. I was so unfulfilled with self. And to the point where I was like, why do I feel this way? What is going on in my life to make me feel this way? Like, look around, like, what, what's, what's, what's your hang up here? And it's funny now that I, I feel like I've, I've really grown into the woman I've always wanted to be, which sounds so cliche, but it's true. Like I'm very confident and I'm loving and I'm kind to myself and to others. And I, I always say like, put me in a casting room now. I will book that oh, freaking I'm part. Like <laughs> I was an actress. I'm like, God, that's the easiest thing now. Yeah. I'm like, I would book the shit out of these parts because I'm so connected to self. But at the time, like I got the kind of like renewal for my acting classes, you know, circling back for the fall and the schedule and you have your scene partner. And I was just like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing, I'm not excited about this. I don't want to have a scene partner. (laughs) Like I, I had to really hear this, you know, like, why, why am I doing this? And it was because as a model, I was always told, well, like, you're going to get into acting, right? Because it's just like the natural segue. And I was like, of course, like, I th- I was really living this life of like, what I was told I should do. And even from like, a model, I don't know that I ever had true passion about being a model. That was what I connected to, because people would always say like, you should model. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that will make me good enough. If I'm like on the cover of a magazine, like, of course, I want to be a model, but I wasn't passionate about becoming a model. I just was on this quest to like, feel enough. And, you know, getting that email I was like, Okay, I need to sit with myself for a weekend. So after that trip, I took the weekend and I just tuned out of everything to really tune in and to listen to myself. And I didn't meet up with anyone. And like, this sounds easy to do. It's really hard to do. Especially in New York. Yes. An opinion shop and like meet your friends for brunch and go out or go to a movie. Like I did none of that. I didn't even speak on the phone. And I just spent the weekend doing all of the things that like lit me up, that like got me out of bed. They were things that were so simple. Waking up, meditating and having like my favorite coffee and then going rollerblading outside and then, you know, getting a salad for lunch and the next day taking a beautiful yoga class. Like it was all centered around well-being. And I felt my best when I did things that were good for me, that made me feel good. You know, like those were the things that really lit me up. And I was questioning whether or not to go to nutrition school. And I was really afraid because I'm not a good test taker. I was really like, I hate to admit this, but like, I really cheated my way through school and that sounds awful, but I I didn't need to apply myself. Mm -hmm. So why would I, you know, it was like, my parents were too busy to like check homework or anything like that. So I was like, eh, who cares? So that was like standing my way. I was like, Oh God, I hate this. Like, I don't want to have to like take tests and all this, but I had to get out of my own way. And I knew after that weekend that that was it. And the next day is when I enrolled at IIN and I actually enrolled my youngest sister with me. 
who had lupus at the time and her health was in a really bad state. And we, you know, it was this nice thing that we did together. And it was so, it was such the breaking point for me to lean into this world and to find the things that I wanted to bring to the surface because I also still was a girl who was living in that state where I was like comparing myself to the other girls in the space. I'm like, why am I going to do this? They're doing it so well. She has way more followers than me. Like what, you know, it's like I lived in that state still. And, you know, I think even today, like we have to pull ourselves out of that. That is never going to serve us ever, ever, ever. And that was just a massive turning point for me. And I didn't sign up for the acting classes. And I remember my acting teacher like, I really think you're good. I really think you're going to make it. And I was like, thank you. I think so too, if I stuck with it, but I'm just not passionate. Yeah. It's not like, I'm not dying to do a scene. Uh, Yeah, I was the exact same. And what did your list say on it? I know it was meditation. Like, what was that paraphrasing of the list? What did it have on it? Oh, God, I still have the notebook. It was getting outside and rollerblading. I love to rollerblade and rollerblading in New York is amazing on the West Side Highway. It was, you know, I loved the sense of community because even though I wasn't like meeting up with friends and stuff, taking a class and taking a class with a teacher that made me feel good. This is also what kind of led me on the path of really tapping in to the zone of like, I think I want to be a teacher, you know, cause I had no idea. I never in a million years thought I wanted to be a teacher, but then I look back on my entire life and I'm like, no, no, you are born to do this. This is your, this is, this is, you know, what this was all leading up to, but I had, was so closed off at that time, but it was, it was getting really good sleep. I also had really bad acne at the time. So it was like taking good care of my skin and noticing that like, my skin wasn't completely inflamed. Um, yeah, I, it was all, it was literally like had a salad for lunch, ordered in a healthy dinner. Like it was all centered around health and wellness. It was so simple. Absolutely. I had a really similar experience too, where when I, I had been acting at the time too and doing fine and I was sitting at a raw food restaurant studying my sides for a pilot audition. And I was like, I'm far more concerned about the excitement of the health benefits in this food, (laughs) what it's going to do to my body (laughs) than this pilot I'm going out on. And I ended up making a list. I was like, what makes me so happy and has always made me so happy. And it was like the catalyst to start to move into the space of you just getting into holistic living and spirituality, which I had always had access to and been in. But for you, were you in partnership at this time when you made this turning point or were you like in your current partnership or a partnership that you wanted at that time? I was right at this time. I was dating my now husband. Did that coincide when you started to get yourself together more and get yourself healthier mentally that you started to call in and connect with your now husband or was he there and helped with that transition? He really helped with that transition. I also knew him for years before we started dating, but we didn't have like an actual relationship. It was very surfaced. When we started dating is when I started getting really honest about all of the things. He was the first person I told I had an eating disorder to. And I said it out loud to him. And like, it was the first time I ever said it. It was not planned. Uh, We were at a wedding and I kind of noticed someone at the table 
there had some eating issues, you know, it was like, oh, I was like, oh, I recognize this girl, you know, I, I, I think maybe she has something going on with food, maybe, I don't know, like, I'm just, I felt it. And he was like, well, how would you know that? And I said, well, because I do. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, I, I had an eating disorder. And he was like, what? Like, what do you mean? And he had, he had no idea. I mean, no one in my life knew. I also didn't, I mean, it's funny. I, I think some people can say like, once you have an eating disorder, you always have an eating disorder. And I'm like, actually, no, that's not true. And if you connect to that, then you're going to think you always have a freaking eating disorder. And I don't. And people can say whatever they want. Like, you're so lean. You're so this. I'm like, you know what? This is the first time in my goddamn life. I, I don't think about, oh God, what is that going to do to me? I eat to nourish my body. And I eat more food than I've ever consumed with zero guilt because what I put in my body serves me. And my body has found its happy place without forcing it or pushing it to do or be something it's not. And yeah, I think, you know, people can say that, but it's all about what you, when you say that, that's what you're going to connect to. So even if you're not actually doing the things, like if you're not bulimic, but you were five years ago, like you're not, and and don't tell yourself that. So that was, he was definitely like, my husband's so sweet. And he's, I think comes from the place of like wanting to protect me. And he was like, well, you would never share that, would you? And this was like, right when I really started becoming more active on social media, if you will, I was really kind of in my zone. And I was like, why would you say that? Like, that makes me feel like you're shaming me for this. And he was like, no, but if we ever had children, like, would you want our children to know you with an eating disorder? And I go, actually, yes, I would beautiful. Yeah. From a place of love to share that when you're not connected, literally living your life like against yourself and pushing all these things in like this is, these are the things that can happen, you know, you silently harm yourself. So it was really a a nice whole opening to our relationship too, for me being able to share that. And I think he was really scared of it. He was so scared, but he, he has always been super gentle with me on this subject and supportive, which is really important to me. I was afraid of sharing things for a long time because of what he would think and not just what he would think, like what his family would think. And, and then I had to get over that. I had to get over the fact that like, because they weren't all plant-based that I could feel so passionate about living this way. And, you know, I had a lot of hangups along the way. I mean, when I share to people like, what you see is not, this is, I am a transformed being. Anything in this life is possible. And I never believed that. I thought everything was impossible. And that's what I embodied. That's the person I carried around for years. And I mean, I used to get in fights. It was bad. I was so reactive and scared of myself. And now I don't live my life that way. It's it's like I have different tools now that are healthy and serve me in a positive way. And it's amazing, isn't it? It's oh, like, yeah. look at me now. It's everything. It's the only way. It's the only way. Like I'm doing things in my life, you guys. Like I'm, I'm really getting into your like expanders episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I am an expander. <laughs> yes, you're to- That's why we have you on. Yes, you actually are you. a massive. Like even to me, you're you're a beautiful expander in many ways. Like I followed your whole pregnancy with your daughter. Like you're you Aww. just really how you show up in the world and so bright is so incredibly expansive. And I can't wait to get into the business portion because we'll get into that soon because you're a massive expander that way to so many as well. But before that, 
you keep using the word when you're not connected. And I love that. And our terminology around it is like your whole worthy, authentic self, which is where we believe is your most magnetic self. When do you feel like you started to meet the embodiment of that in your life uh, after you started doing all of this work? Like what, what were the first glimpses of your version of connected? It was when I kept showing up for my meditation day after day, whether I felt good, whether I felt bad, whether I was busy in the morning, whether I wasn't, it's really through the just die hard commitment to keep coming back to that place because it would made me really uncomfortable. I literally just shared something earlier today where it's like, I don't just like jump up and I'm like, can't wait to meditate. Here she comes, Miss Meditative Melissa. Like I am not that person actually. I have to work really hard at showing up every day. And that is what brought me into this work, teaching and sharing my life in this way because it has transformed me. And the more that I there and I surrender is where I have felt so in alignment with the truth to who I am. And I unapologetically show up in this way where like before it was like, am I too much? And I'm like, this is who I am. You either love me or you don't. And like, I actually don't mind if you don't, but I love me. And that's all that matters to me anymore. You know, like even going back when I would walk into those auditions. No wonder I didn't book the audition because every audition I walked in, I was like, oh my God, did they like me? Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't actually don't care if you do because I'm good with me. And it's freaking liberating you guys when you live your life in this way, because <laughs> what's that thing? Like you could find the juiciest, ripest peach and not everyone likes peaches. So it's like, you just, just being who I am is, is what has me living in a flow in my life that. I would look at people who live their life that way. And I'm like, what are they on? They're on something. They got to be taking something. Like there's no way you wake up that happy. And it's not that I wake up happy every day, but I wake up and I make a choice and I make a conscious choice, no matter what the hell is going on, that I have to prioritize my mental well-being because if I don't, shit is not okay. And that's what it is. I love that. For the listener, we have so many people listening who do our work and I just really want to highlight like your way in, which has been such a beautiful journey. It sounds like you really showed up for your meditation, which is mm -hmm. it's neuroplasticity, you know, when you're in that state, that theta state, and you're finding your blocks and your things and what you're really finding is who you authentically are in that space. And then you started to shed what didn't work with that. And you became unapologetic about your authenticity. And you also, which I admire and is so important, and I believe like the most magnetic thing we can do, you totally out your shadow and you don't give a shit what people are thinking or who's <laughs> listening. <laughs> you know, Thank God. I, oh my God. It's so, it's so important. Oh. And that's really like, it's the gist of true magnetism. And so just for any listener, I want to really highlight that in what you've been saying because it's so important and you've found your process around it and it's really it's proving and showing in every like you know in every way so I think that's that's incredible thank you 
I have the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> oh, I'm, I mean, I can see it from like Instagram. I can like see it now. When your old habits and beliefs and insecurities sneak back in, because you know, that can happen on like a low hormonal day on a shitty day when you're tired. It happens. Oh yeah, I know. And especially like as a mom, I can't even imagine the pressure with tantrums. I mean, it just it can come up, you know? And what are your tools in those moments to like quickly snap out of it or have grace with yourself? Yes. So I think for me is like recognizing like, okay, you need to take a step back. Like you're losing it. <laughs> you're definitely losing it. Like almost having these little internal conversations with myself. Sometimes it's just crying. Like, I'm just like, I just need to cry. I've been really tired. And I know you talk a, a lot about like adrenal fatigue. And I think I'm just burnt out from years of just being pregnant, birthing babies, breastfeeding, running a business and just going, 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 going. And I'm, I just recently have gotten to a place where I'm like, I am so exhausted to the point. I didn't even know how exhausted I am. So like this morning, instead of like getting up and going with the day, I was so tired. My daughter woke up at five. My son was up in the middle of the night with a stomach bug and I could have easily just like powered through, but I was like, no, that is not what you need to do. Like going back to bed for even an hour and a half, really listening to what I need. And I think, you know, I have noticed my old ways of being really kind of showing space really loud and clear recently where I'm like, going back to like that super reactive side of myself where I started seeing a cognitive behavioral therapist, which has done wonders for me because it's, you know, resort. I'm like, why am I thinking this way again? That was, that's not me. And it's like, guess what? She's still in there. That girl is still in there. She just like pops her head every now and then, but I choose different ways. And even like simple as taking an essential oil, rubbing it in my palms and doing like a little meditative breath. That's probably, I would say something I do multiple times a day, especially when I'm on the weekends, like alone with my kids on the weekends, giving yourself that like immediate relief really does wonders. Um, and CBD oil, let me tell you my CBD oil, Highline Wellness, love it and swear by it. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey, or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, 
to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, expanded, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. strikes. I don't get them that often. I only get them when my hormones are super off. So I personally don't have a ton of experience with them, but I know they're debilitating when they start to come. What are your like 10 things, you know, like, is it 10 breaths or how do you get a hold of that? I usually like will do literally like what I just did where I like, I have to take a step back. And sometimes like when I'm alone with my kids, I can't, but it's even as simple as like putting Eleanor in her chair, putting Benjamin in and like giving them a snack and putting a show on just like I need a minute. And then like, literally going hiding in the corner and sitting with my legs crossed and like rubbing my palms together with my oil breathing it in and doing just a little like box breath. So like taking a big inhale, and holding my breath at the top for three, two, one, and then hold it there for three, two, one, and then slowly release it for three, two, one. Um, that really helps doing five rounds of that. If that's available to me before I speak or I do panels or anything like that, I like have this bathroom routine where I go into the bathroom and I always bring my oil and I say a little prayer. And I think, you know, for me, I always remind myself, it's like in this moment, I'm really like ask for help. And I started calling in archangels. Oh Yeah. I don't abuse the privilege. It's when I like, I'm in, in a serious state of need and like help and guidance. And I was in a place where I wasn't allowed into the country. I was traveling to Toronto and they literally told me I had to leave. They booked a flight mm. and I, oh, it was awful. I was there for meetings for work. I was teaching two classes. It was really a lesson, let me tell you. And when I say they were literally bringing me upstairs to catch my flight, I prayed and called in my archangels. Like I was like, please, I need help. I don't know what to do. I, and I was like, I never prayed in that way. They walked over to me and were like, you have a following. Like you have a bit of a following. You seem to be a celebrity. I mean, listen, saying that wow. to me, I was like, yes, yes. Really big in the States. Yes. Big deal here. Didn't want to pull that whole card. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, really try to remain humble in this state of, you know, rising stardom. It's real uncomfortable. And I, <laughs> they let me in ever since that. I was like, Oh, those, those angels, they're, they're all, they're here. They, they, wow. they work. So ever since that, I'll do that when I'm in like a real state of need. I don't abuse the privilege, but I am definitely someone who always tries, tries to change my anxiety. I will admit that when I'm feeling anxious, I'm like, I need to change this right now, but there's something about leaning into where you are. So being with it. Like, I'm like, okay, right now I'm anxious as hell. So what won't I do? I won't scroll on Instagram. I don't get on the phone with anyone. I avoid technology. I try to find my joy in that state. So a lot of the times it's like just watching my kids be happy with the littlest things and it, it immediately settles. And I think there's something about being okay with the fact that like I get anxious a lot and trying not to change my state. Like, of course there's tools to help me find that place of peace, maybe a little bit faster, but 
I think one thing I've really been practicing is being where I am, like being with it. Perfect. Oh, it's so seemingly basic, but one of the hardest things to do. The hardest things to do. And did you go through a fully plant-based pregnancy both times? So not fully, um, I would say mostly, but like, this is another thing too, like kind of for me, like dropping the whole, like I am plant-based because I've like attached myself to it to the point where like I had a slice of pizza the other day and it was so weird, but I really wanted it. And I thought about it and I had it. And then I was like, Oh God, I feel so guilty. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is not, this is not what we do. Like we just, you know, maybe my body's changing. I don't know. And it's not that I'm like, I am now vegetarian. I don't need to call it anything. Yeah. Intuitive eating. Let's say that. No. And that's what it is. Yeah. Intuitive eating pregnancies. And I think there's so much rhetoric out there. You know, it's like for a healthy pregnancy, they have to, you know, you have to do the bone broth and the the meat and the blah, 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 the, you know, whatever the thing is of recent. How were you able to sound that out and just listen to what your body needed? I literally just listened to myself. I think if there's any state, especially for a woman, for you to really tap in to an entity within that you didn't even know existed is when you were pregnant, because that is when I really learned to give over. Oh my God. I mean, I was craving turkey sandwiches with Benjamin. First of all, you're not supposed to eat processed turkey, like deli meat. But I was like, I actually don't care. I want a freaking turkey sandwich. Noah was eating one. And I, he like went to the bathroom and I like had a few bites of it. So I was like, I just need to like see if this is. And I actually felt like this visceral reaction where I was like, oh, but I tried it. And I was like proud of myself for even just moving towards this, this feeling. Listen, I ate mostly plant-based. I, I was like into eggs and if I went out to eat and there was like butter on my vegetables, I was really lenient, but that was really it. Like I didn't have heavy, heavy cravings as far as like sweets or anything like that. It was more so just, I also was like sick for most of my, both of my pregnancies. So food was not something I really wanted either pregnancy. Like I actually hated food, hated it. I hated that I had to eat. It was awful because I felt so nauseous all the time. So when I did want to eat, if there was something I, Oh, lobster with Benjamin, I had lobster a few times. So weird, right? Like nine months pregnant. And my husband's like, let's go to, eat. I was like, I want to go to that freaking burger and lobster place. And his like, eyes yeah. lit up. He's, I've never seen him happier. And I was like, don't tell anyone. Like, that's when I was so ashamed. I was like, don't freaking tell anyone. Hopefully no one recognizes me. But like, yeah, now I'm like, could care less. Yes, I love, I'm so passionate about a plant-based lifestyle. And yes, I eat this way, but I think I'm, I'm really learning to understand that like I, there is an intuitive part of me that's you know like why did I eat that slice of pizza well because I wanted it and mm -hmm. that's and, and that's it and maybe you needed something in it or a lesson in it or what I love that I love you know just even somebody who's you know recovered from an eating disorder I think that's so important to explore so I think that's beautiful that to even be a message right now saying like I listen to my body just to try it out and see you know where it goes I think that's great exactly could you fill your babies around you before they came through you know, I couldn't, to be honest. I think I was really just tapping in, but this is the first time I'm going to say this. I feel one more baby. I don't know that I want another baby. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yep. But I feel this 
spirit that's like really kind of squeezing its way in. And I'm like, oh God, I don't know. Like, why am I so intuitive? Like, I almost wish I couldn't feel this. I definitely feel some things now, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not pregnant. I don't really want to be pregnant, but I don't have a plan. And I think that's exactly where I need to be. Perfect. I'm not a planner. I love, I mean, that's like, talk about getting rid of half your anxiety if you're not a control freak planner. Like, oh no, makes life I don't so plan. much easier. I love, I mean, that already is liberating. Oh yeah, it's almost default, but like, I'm not a planner. My big fear, if I do become a parent biologically or adopting, however that looks for me, is navigating energy levels, business, and being present as a parent, you know, because I know, and I'll say this so openly, like I'm, I know I'm somebody who's going to need help and a lot of it to make sure that I'm healthy and present with them and a better mom. Um, how do you navigate all of that? I, as an expander, that was one of my questions I was excited to ask you and a businesswoman. Yeah. So definitely with help. I am not ashamed to share that. I was in the beginning, I'll be honest with you, because where I come from, like I truly didn't know what a nanny or a baby nurse was. No one in my life or around me had a nanny or a baby nurse. So coming to New York where like Noah grew up, he had a nanny and I was like, no way, I'm not letting some someone else take care of my child and super judgy to the whole process of it. And then, you know, after having Benjamin and opening up to the fact of like, okay, we met our, our nanny who we, we still have today. And she was just like such a lovely soul. And, and I was just really starting to dive into my work. And like, that's when I started sharing my workouts. So I felt like for me, like I've always had a really big, a big calling like that felt bigger than me. So in order for me to fully tap into it, like I needed help. But like, I want to be able to do anything that I'm doing without Susan and without our nanny who helps us on the weekends now, and that, which is a new thing. I was always like, no, we have to spend the weekends alone with the kids, but it's a lot. Like it's so much. And I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with being a mom, but I also am obsessed with my work and I love fulfilling my purpose in this world. And I think that's what I want to share to my children is like be a role model of that. Like I'm a strong woman and, and I, I go to work every day and, and I think it's something to be really proud of and for them to, to see, to illustrate that to them. But it's also my commitment to my practice and my commitment to myself. And really like, yes, of course I wake up to my daughter crying. Like I'm not meditating for 20 minutes while she's screaming her head off, but prioritizing myself, but taking care of my children. So, you know, like my, my daughter is my alarm clock. I get up with her. I do everything with her. Then my son usually wakes up. The second I have a moment to myself is like, that's my practice. I set aside a good 30 to 40 minutes a day. Sometimes it's less Sometimes it's more, I go with the flow of it. Um, I'm not too rigid with my practice, but I have to get something in. I have to. And if I don't, I'm so reactive. I'm short, I'm snappy, I'm snarky. I, I know this. I know this about myself. So I'm very committed in a non-rigid way. Yeah, I love that. And did you find, I mean, as somebody who you know, growing up, you were the, like the pleaser of your mom, like that enmeshment of needing to make her happy because she was always sad or anxious. 
Was it hard for you to be present, you know, having that help in the house, but allowing them to help you? It took me a long time to do that. I would say it took me a couple of years to really get comfortable with giving over the control of that. But now it's so beautiful. Like I love how much my children love um, their nanny. It's so sweet. And I was super threatened by it in the beginning because I was like, oh my God, they love her more than me. And like, what can I do? Like they need to see me more. They need to like do everything with me more. But now it's like, no, it's okay. You know, like her and I have a partnership. We're in our own little relationship, her and I, you know, we co-parent. Well, let's parlay into business a little because I have my own selfish questions while I have you on the line. You, I know, are certified and it seems like you were teaching and then you finally downloaded this process. It's unique and it's effective and targeted with really low impact is what I found when I was doing it and that's why I could do it. How did you finally download to put together? Because in my mind, there's this thing, human design. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I'm like, God, she's such a projector, how she structured this and put this together. But you also feel like such a generator because you are so bubbly and energetic and, you know, sparkly is the word that they use in it or my human design reader does. But yeah, tell us about that download of really piecing together your method that you've put out. So I will be completely honest with you. There was zero strategy behind this. When I say this moved through me in a way, and like when I share that like meditation will tap you into things that you like, I I never in a million years would have thought this is what I'd be doing. Truly. The more that I connected to like, okay, this is like after coaching and realizing that wasn't it, but like there was an element of being able to share things with people to make them feel better that I liked, but how can I do this in a way where I can still like be home a lot, but spread this message, you know? So I started with my $24 tripod from Amazon and I would set it up in my living room. And I came from a background of living this kind of roller coaster of high intensity training, high intensity cardio for many years. Because as a model, when I was told my thighs were too big, I was always told I needed to lose weight. And that was that was the only way that I could. That was the only way trainers told me, my agent. So I did all the stuff. And I felt horrible doing it. Not only did it make me double in size, um, because I was running on cortisol and like my adrenals were through the roof. I felt anxious going in and I felt anxious going out. I never felt good. I did it because it's back to like modeling and acting. It's what I thought I had to do. It's what I was told I should do. So I took a class by a very well-known teacher. We would never say the name, but after leaving the class, I didn't feel good. The vibe wasn't good. I was like, ah, like, you know, I'm spending a lot of money doing these things. And I just, I feel like I, you take these classes to like almost feel empowered and to like walk away with a little sense of inspiration or, and I wasn't feeling that way. And I had my real aha moment walking home. I got off the subway and it just clicked. I was like, that's it. I want to be a teacher who makes 
people feel good. Like I will never call you out for having bad form in my class or like stopping the class and be like, you guys are doing this all wrong. Like, oh, that happened a lot to me. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if that still happens because I would never take those classes with those teachers anymore. But like, I was like almost connected to like the abuse of this type of belief in, in what I needed to do to like see results. So once I shifted from that mentality and then I started doing more yoga and before I even knew it was really Pilates, like I, I did Pilates with an amazing teacher, Taylor Phillips, who works at Equinox and, you know, with my pregnancy with Benjamin. And I really loved it. I loved the way that I felt going in. I looked forward to it and I felt good leaving. And then I knew I was like, you know, when I would go in, I still had a membership at the gym at this time. I would go over in the corner and I would pull together this series, kind of combining the yoga principles and these Pilates principles that I was learning. And I did this little thing and I, I would do it a lot. And that's when I started to really see a difference in my body. And the more that I, like I put up my little tripod and I would share it, people were into it and they were really intrigued and they're like, share longer flows. And then I had a, a couple of guys who owned an app reach out to me. They were like, we think you'd be amazing. And at this point, I wasn't even a teacher. I was not certified in anything. And they were like, you know, let's try it on. So I tried it on and I loved it. And I was getting my certifications while I was doing this. And it was like the craziest thing because here I was literally speaking to a screen and then kind of putting it out there, but like connecting with people all over the world and like getting this feedback where it was like, you don't understand the shift that that made in my day. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's how I feel. And being able to have that translate through the lens and like have people feel that sense of impact. I still, I'm like, I can't believe that like my passion is like sharing digitally and like, listen, we change, we evolve, we grow, who knows, but it's, it's insane. And I just, I stuck with it. I stuck with it because it lit me the F up. When I first started, I was really, um, I don't want to say bad. I saw that I was bad. I didn't have experience. I was like, okay, so today we're going to do a down dog. And I like didn't know how to teach. I wasn't a good teacher. And I became a good teacher by practicing. And by I kept doing it. And like even when I was asked to teach, I'll never forget. <laughs> this is such a good story. I was asked to teach. It was like my biggest class I'd ever taught. I was at the surf lodge and I had two girls who worked with me at the time and my best friend stay over. And like, I was like, I need to run through my flow, which I still do by the way, but now I run through it in my head and I physically do it myself before I teach. I could never teach every single day, like how teachers teach every day because oh, I have such I a process behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I would never get my shit together enough. Like, <laughs> No, I'm like, I can't, I have to meditate. I need to stage. I need to do this whole thing. And my friend, my friend Trish, she's my most honest friend. She was like, Mel, you're not ready. <laughs> you need to run through that again in the morning. And she didn't mean it in a bad way, but I was like fumbling and I was messing everything up. And she was like, you need to just like sit and like take a breath, run through it again in the morning and just like let go. Cause like, you're just, you're like gripping, you're gripping, you know? And that ended up being a really beautiful class. And she didn't mean it in a, in a, she was just like, she's that friend to me, you know, like she's super honest. I go to her whenever I need honesty. But it was through the repetition of doing it. And like, it was through listening to the impact it made on people's lives that just kept me going in a way like I, I got more creative. I never had a plan. I never had strategy. I was never like, this is going to be a business. I had no idea what I was doing, but it felt good. 
I was in alignment with it. And it was like, the more I taught, the better I got and kind of became my own thing by just like being myself. Yeah, no, I can relate entirely. It sounds like we call it you followed a ping, you know, you channeled this essentially a meditation and off the subway and you followed the ping and it just unraveled. You kept saying yes and going further into your authenticity and it kept unfolding. And what I love the most about it, and we do this too here, it's like huge for us is we have to make manifestation accessible to people. You know, like everybody out there will have like the 1200 blah, 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 you know, $1,200 for <laughs> the package of this and that. And we're like, nope, flat rate every month, accessible, less than a dollar a day to get all of these workshops and all this content that we've created that's effective included in one thing. And I love that you do that. It's $9.99 and it's so accessible. Did Am I crazy? Did you put out an app? No, not yet, right? No, I did. I did. Yeah, you did. did, Okay. Which thank you for mentioning that about the price, because the reason I, you know, I moved off the app was it wasn't feeling in alignment with my philosophy. I was on with a, a bunch of other teachers and I was like, you know what, if I'm doing this, I am doing this. I am going to own it and I'm going to have my own thing. I had no idea what I was doing. You guys, I had no idea. Like going into this business, I was like a customer service business. I had no idea, but I re- I learned as I went. And that's how I learn. I learned by doing. I didn't learn in school by like listening and studying. I learned by physically doing. So moving it onto my first platform, which was amazing. And then it got to the point, which like, I mean, humbly, humbly shared that like I outgrew the platform. It couldn't withhold my traffic. So really it was like, okay, I'm doing, it. I'm going to build the app. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And Building the app was really that moment of, okay, this is where you have opportunity. And this is from, you know, many other business people in my life saying, this is your opportunity to increase your price. Like, of course, you'll increase your price or increasing your overhead and all of these things. But I had to really turn to my meditation for this because I, at first I was going to, I was like, done, this is the price. This is the right thing to do. I'm spending so much money, you know, I'm doing all these things. And then I had to think about, my true intention of this work. And my intention was never to make the most amount of money doing it. My intention was to impact as many people as I possibly could, sharing that there is another way to find this sense of peace and not only in your body, but in your mind and to to really move in like this gentle, easeful way. And you will experience results beyond anything you could have imagined. Like, how can I share that? I keep the price as is. And it was that, that was, I got that. And I, it came to me so clearly. And my husband was one who was like, do not change the price. And Gary V also told me, do not change the price. And I I didn't listen to them. I listened to myself. So important. Yeah. And it was the right thing because why, like, why did I start at 999? I started at 999 because I wanted the girl who literally grew up with nothing is, out on her own now, struggling to make ends meet, who cares so much about her health, to have something that is accessible to her that she never has to question whether she should keep it or not. That was it. And I was like, this is it. Like, I felt so good about it. And I still feel really good about it. And I think that was one of the best things that I did with the evolution of creating a brand new website and expanding into the app. And it's like being able to reach more people and and share this way of life. It's the best feeling in the world. 
Oh, I just think that's so great. I, I'm the exact same way and, you know, obviously come from a very similar background as you. And that's always an internal conversation we're having in the brand when they're like, we're putting so much new stuff into this. We have to start raising the prices more. And I'm like, no, for me, my customer is me at my brokest in my East Hollywood apartment, struggling as a waitress to make ends meet. And I want this to be cheaper than the $30 sliding scale a week therapy I was doing. Like that's the person who always needs to have access to this. And that's how we always go about it. You just gave me chills up my entire spine. I love that. I love you, by the way. I'm like, we need to be best friends. Oh my God. We've got it. Next time I come to New York, we have to connect. We're too parallel. Oh no, I feel (laughs) so connected to you. It's crazy, but like, it's so beautiful and it's so refreshing to hear that because it's people feel it. Well, and I think it's important for other entrepreneurs to hear that, you know, and I actually see this mistake. I don't know if you do. I see a lot of people in the digital space now, you know, I see tons of friends coming out with workshops and things and da da da. I'll see them launch the like, again, 1299 thing or have something that's called open It's like a very short amount of time that you can sign up and then it closes rather than just having it ongoing. And I see everybody fumble. Um, And so I just want other entrepreneurs out there to know that truly it's far more successful the more accessible it is. It's, It's I like that's my biggest advice with people who are going into the digital space. I mean, it's like, it's blowing up and I think people really got wind of, you know, kind of what happens in the subscription world. But I think if you're moving into anything with the intention to like make bank off the bat, most likely you might have a good few runs, but the longevity of it, like I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I felt called to do something and I just stayed with the calling and it became loud and clear. And like, I'm so grateful that I'm able to to have it move into this space, but it was never with the intention to make money. And I, I think that's where you make money. Oh my God, I'm the same. Right. I totally stumbled and fell into what I'm doing. Never thought I'd be doing it, channeled it, the whole thing, and have only built on it through, just like you, intuition, what I'm being communicated to do further. And I'll always get friends that are like, you know, how do I make money off of a podcast? And I'm like, don't start it for money and you'll make money off of it. Like, don't start anything with the intention to make good money. Follow, again, your pings and your authentic self like your thing in this world that you're being communicated to do authentically, follow that, like exactly what we're talking about earnestly and humbly of service and watch what happens with no intention. Watch. It's so true. It's mind blowing. It really is. And for me, it's even in this space of like brand partnerships. When I started working with brands, I was never like, ah, I'm going to make money off working with brands. It was like, I only aligned myself with the brands that I authentically felt this kind this passion towards or that I tested and I, you know, maybe I didn't use them before, but I love them now. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. And I think that's why I have amazing brand partnerships because I will not work with a brand for money. I have declined some of the biggest offers because I was like, nope, cannot do it, cannot do it. And you don't sell out for a community that trusts you. 
I did one thing that I was like, and I was encouraged at the time by someone, you know, who I was working with and I was like, okay, okay, I'll try. And it, it was, it did not, it does not, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. People know. And I think this, this space is flooded. And, you know, I think one thing I've learned is like, there is room for all of us, but you have to stay true to yourself or there is not room for all of us because it weeds everybody out real quick. I agree. It's all authenticity or connectedness. Like I love that you you were using that terminology. Well, tell us all what it is exactly the Melissa Wood Health Method, because how do you put it in a nutshell? So I put it in a nutshell like this. It's about using these slow, controlled, precise movements to create beautiful, long, lean lines throughout your body. And it's not just about the results in your body. It's this peace of mind that you will feel living this way. When I first started sharing my workouts, like I never started and ended the workouts with like a mini meditation. It really kind of intuitively led that way because for me, it's like when I have to just like jump into class, I'm like, okay. And it's just like, I'm just like, oh my God, geez. Like, where am I? What are we doing? Jump squats? Like, we didn't even like take a breath. Oh, God, it makes me want to throw up. If it works for you, do it. (laughs) But God, if it doesn't, stop. Yeah, I'm the same. My nervous system's like, whoa. Oh, Oh, my God, I can't handle it. But I think there's something so beautiful in honoring that and knowing that about yourself. So now it's like, you know, starting with like, just like take a moment, whatever happened before this, let it be there. And like whatever is to come after that, it's going to come, but let's just be right here right now. And really starting in that space where it's like, oh, even right there, I'm like, I can breathe, (laughs) you know, like I am here, I am here. And then moving from that space and that component, it's like, you're really with yourself and you start to connect your body more into the muscles that you're using. And you know, I really do like to share share a range and I share different, you know, I'll, I'll share anything from 10 minutes to 45 plus minutes. And I like to do that. And by the way, none of that is ever, like I never go in and I'm like, I'm going to do a 45 minute flow. I just do it. Like I know in my mind, I want to start here. I want to hit this middle point and I want to end here, but it all moves through me. Yeah. Channeling. And that's it. Like it's, it's how I started doing this. And it's easy for me to talk about it, but you just have to try it on for yourself. And the thing that always makes me feel good is like when people are like, oh my God, like I believed like I had to do cardio, like I did too. I Like I had to kill myself doing cardio and crazy strength training and hearing people that are like, I just feel so much more like in my body and like calmer in my mind doing your work. I'm like, oh my God. Yes, like that's what I want people to feel. And that is my intention in everything that I share. And it speaks for itself when you when you try it on. And I'm just happy to be in this space where people I'm I'm so grateful that I, I have a voice that is reaching people because I think that we're told we need so many things we don't. And I'm here to let you know that it's all a lie. <laughs> like not everyone needs it that way. And I'm okay finally being like, no, actually, I don't care who you are. That doesn't work for everyone. So it's, it's, it feels really good. And you offer a seven-day free trial for anybody who's listening who wants to check it out as well. I do. So that you understand more about what this is and what exactly it is. Yeah. Because it's the chillest workout. They're the chillest workouts. Thank and you. if you start to look at I love Melissa's- that. I'm going to call it that. 
Like, yeah, that's like I your new slogan. Workout. Yeah. The chills yeah, were good. But then when you show, <laughs> you know, the women who are doing it, I mean, the results are bananas. Like these women, it's just like, look at those abs. It's so crazy for literally, I believe the calmest workout I've ever tried. So for me personally, I'm looking at the weekly schedule because I know that you you post those, the weekly schedules. So the, I'm doing this healing protocol for my adrenals where basically I'm not allowed to to work out. I can walk, do gentle yoga. I can't raise my heart rate, as I said, because I can't burn adrenaline. That's all she's trying to heal. She's like, stop pumping more hormones because you're not going to, you know, you're burning it out. What would be my weekly flow if I wanted to see results and have a toned body-ish, but not pump my heart rate too much? Okay. So I love this, by the way. And it actually, I fully just got a light bulb. I was like, okay, I'm going to name a new series. Like I'm oh, going to like yeah, bring wait. in a new series for you. <laughs> You're like the adrenal burnout series. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you don't want to, you know, elevate your heart rate, this is where you want to start. So usually I would say for anyone who is new to me, you're also going to help me break this down. I'm going to be even more thorough on my site because I would say like start with the new to MWH section, but for yourself, because that's very specific, I would actually have you start with the postnatal because like the new, the brand new postnatal that I just put out, I think there's a series of four and that's really a section that I'm, I'm putting much more attention and love into. I'm going to wear a fake bump and I'm going to do a full prenatal series. And then I want to do more of a postpartum series because it's so important. I mean, I think people think you can just do anything you want and you can jump. It's, it's actually rather dangerous and I'm not here to tell you what you can and cannot do. I'm not your doctor. I am not, you have to, you know, you obviously have to consult with your doctor, but there is really a gentle way to ease back into movement. And for someone like yourself, I actually think you'd really enjoy the postnatal. It's really gentle and subtle, but like you'll feel something without having you elevate your cortisol. And I actually would love you to try it and tell me if you need even something a little bit gentler, because the feedback that I get from my members and from anyone who does my workouts is what fuels every single thing that I do. Every single thing. I mean, obviously, like, you know, I think it's funny, like sometimes when I mean, I'm not making fun of anyone who does this, because I get it. It's like, you want to connect to community, but they're like, what do you want to see more of? Do you want this? Or do you want this? Do you want that? It's like, well, what do you want to share? Like, what do Mm -hmm. you feel called to share? Like, maybe you don't feel so called to share more fashion, like you're gonna like have your community pull, you know, like to me, it's like, it's kind of interesting, right? So getting the feedback from my members, like what they want to hear more of, like, I created this brand new postpartum series to be more gentle for people who are like, Oh, my God, it was too intense. So it's great to hear what does work. And for the most part, it's it's mostly like a lot of what works, what works. But sometimes it's like, I really think it would be great to have more of this. So like I try things on in my own way, but I'd love for you to try it. And I'd love to hear what you think because the feedback is what's gold for me and hearing what people really resonate with. And now on my app, I can see like the flows that are like top performing that people. And it's so amazing to see because by the way, there are my flows. Like when I started, I didn't edit one thing from start to finish. So I have some old series where like Noah ordered, postmates and he's like in the background he's like babe I'm like yes and I'm like don't you see I'm filming and he's like uh 
they're at the door and I'm like, okay, just run by and like wave or something and like grab your food. And he just, he's so scared. He like runs by, he doesn't look at the camera and he runs away and I kept it in there and it's people's like favorite flow. But now it. that I have some mild editing, I've upped the the production a bit. <laughs> I do have sound now, but it's so genuine. It's so, it really started that way. And it's funny like seeing the flows that perform so well are like the ones where like I'm wearing my own little mic and like this tiny little balcony in Miami off this like you know off this building and people don't care like I I was a I was a perfectionist and I'm now recovering perfectionist proudly because perfection is what can debilitate you and stop you from moving forward and I mean for me it's like starting in the space where like I was as raw as you could possibly be. It's like whenever I find myself going back to those perfectionist ways of being, I'm like, no, that is not where I thrive. I actually thrive when I fuck shit up. And like when mm -hmm. I'm just myself and I trip up and it's not so perfect. So be yourself. That's what people like. They like to see that we like all have that human element. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I'm going to try it. I'm so excited. This is this is perfect knowing that you have this postnatal flow because I'm going to start this tomorrow again and feel like I'm actually doing something for my body. Yes. And let me know. I will. I'll keep you posted because I think there's probably quite a bit of people out there who don't even realize that they do need to do some gentle stuff while they're healing whatever's going on. You know, we're all so overextended. Yeah. So I'm stoked on that. And I'm so grateful. I'm going to rename this series because of you, because it's not just postpartum. I can't wait. So I think that's awesome if you do that. And I think more people can relate. It's for people who are postpartum or easing back into movement. That's the whole new. See, you're, I'm getting all, you've given me a lot here. You don't even know that like, I have received so much from you. This has been amazing. I'm so grateful and vice versa. And I know that people are, they're really going to be grateful to discover this because once I tried it, I was like, wow, people need to know about this. This is, this is legit. And yeah, the results are, are crazy. Like looking at the people that do it, it's just incredible. Um, I am very, very, very thankful for you um, reaching out to me and having me on. It's such an honor and you are just lovely in every way, shape and form. And I, I thank you for having me. Thank you for that. And tell us where we can find the app, you on Instagram and obviously Melissa with health. Yes. So you can find me. My Instagram handle is at Melissa with health. My website is where you can sign up for my seven day free trial is Melissa Wood Health. And that is where my app and everything is where you can work out with me and my guided meditations. I do have guided meditations on there as well. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you. This is amazing. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. We did. And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library. And it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. 
The second place I like to direct people is to the free clarity exercise, which is also linked below. In it, you get to try our own unique hypnosis process, learn about the science and some journaling prompts. And the best part about this, you'll get a tiny taste of what it's like to go into your hypnotic state, bring your subconscious forward and create new neural pathways while receiving clarity. And the third thing, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation, the free clarity exercise, and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have, especially to our LGBTQ plus community, our BIPOC, as well as the WISE, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.